Welcome back. It's me, the Susan Anime, and you are listening to Sloth Under the Sea with me. And we will be talking about movies, TV shows, books, fun holidays, everything from other countries to does this still hold up to this day? From, like, rub brats to, like, as told by Ginger, to Movie Monday, to True Creepy Things Tuesday, to whatever I feel like talking about because this is my podcast. And I hope you all will stay and listen to me and have some good old-fashioned podcast fun. And we'll try to stay as calm as we can. But let's get into it. And let's all have some fun listening. And you can also see me sometimes on YouTube doing my podcast as well. Okay, here we go. before listening to this video. It's mature and may be uncomfortable for some viewers. Viewer discussion is advised. Be cautious. This is more for adults or for those who get permission. I just wanted to get a disclaimer that this episode may contain Conspiracy theories about weed jokes. Spoiler! Could be mature. Please, do not listen if you do not want to have any spoilers. I am reviewing different shows, movies, TV shows, so if you do not want to hear any spoilers, please exit now. And I hope you all enjoy this podcast. I'm ready and excited to get going. Okay, let's continue. Facts 
Wizard of Oz. If I can find the page we are on. Here we go. I have found the page. Okay. Thank you very much. And I walked out. For three days, Judy worried she had not impressed them until the phone rang with the good news. She was officially an MGM contract actor. Of course, I went around in a daze thinking, what will my first day be like? Will I play love scenes with Clark Gable? Who will I meet? Will everyone realize I'm a movie star? Where will I go first? Much to her disappointment, her first stop was the studio onset school. That day, one of her classmates and feature co-star in Love Finds, Andy Hardy, and nine other films, Ricky Rooney took Judy on a tour, and she bumped into many of the Hollywood stars she idolized. We saw Maria Lowe, Jane Crawford, Bob Young, and Clark Gable. Mickey practically had to support my trotting footsteps after I saw Mr. Gable, she recalled. It was actually Gable who ended up giving Judy her big break at MGM for his 36th birthday in 1937. She's... She... surrounded him with a performance of You Made Me Love You. That was so moving he cried, or at least that's the story she repeated. He came up to me and put his arms around me and he said, You are the sweetest little girl I have ever saw in my life. And then I cried and it was simply heavenly. It was this moment when MGM realized they had a rising star on their hands. What better vehicle to display her talent than the Wizard of Oz? In 1938, the 15-year-old was cast as Dorothy a role that would allow her to woe the world with her vocal range. L. Frank Buont booked had been a favorite of Judy's, and her memory of it reflected her life as a child actor. Playing Dorothy, she said, she later said, was a dream I dreamed ever since Daddy read the Oz story. Before they changed their stage name, the Gumi sisters from left Virginia, Frances and Suzanne were once Build as the Gloom Sisters. Okay, to me backstage, when I was just the kid, what she stepped on the stage set, that dream became a reality, although not always the one she had expected. Publicly, the actress gushed about the experience, recalling how she had to pinch myself black and blue every day to make sure I was awake. After rounds of Rehearsals and costume tests and young actresses were ready to bring Dorothy to life. When The Wizard of Oz began filming on October 12, 1938, although her time in the hair and makeup chair was considerably shorter than that of her co-star who played screen scarecrow Tin Man, 
cowardly line and the wicked witch of the west garland's experience in the wardrobe department was just as stressful for the sensitivity team considered plump and frump compared to the other young talent at mgm like Luna Turner, it was clear to the ugly duckling that the studio only wanted her for her voice, not her beauty, to turn Garland into the star they deserved. She was to put on a strict diet. Her front teeth were chapped and rubberized, distinct, re reshaped her nose. The hours on the set of The Wizard of Oz were long co compelled with her lesson at the studio school, but the actress rarely, if ever, showed signs of distress. Sweet and kind to all, she treated her co-stars equally, from the big-name actors down to the little people. Manager Paladrin, who played a munchkin, fondly recalled that for Christmas in 1938, Judy Garland gave all of us little ones a big box of candy. We sat on the yellow. My relationship with the studio for several years had been a little like that between a grown-up daughter and her parents. Maggie Rooney was Garland's frequent co-star and the two shared the screen ten times from 1937 to 1948. Double the Dorothy. Judy Garland wasn't the only actress who donned the green hair dress. The role of Dorothy didn't require any wild stunts, but all the same, MGM wasn't taking any chances with its brightest young star. Body double Bobby Cushy was brought in to take Judy Garland's place in a few potential dangerous sequences, such as when Dorothy falls into the pig pen in Kansas, and later when a troop of flying monkeys carry her off to the Wicked Witch's Castle. Kesher, who was uncredited, also portrayed Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz pivot scene when the, she opened the farmhouse door to reveal Munchkinland in its technicolor glory, the scene was sh shot from behind, so the audience was none the wiser as Koash back out of the frame and Garland steps in. Although uncredited in Carrie Marsh doll, Garland stands standing. She's beloved by fans and has a operated at conventions and reunions over the decades, even savoring as the Grand Marshal of the 2011 Oz Dravaganza Parade. As of 2022, Marshall 103 is one of the oldest living Oz actresses. Well, I would say... That's impressive that you're still alive in 2022 and 103. Dang. Brick Road and passed the box around. She also gave us autographed pictures. I still have mine. Garland also enjoyed the antics of comedic actor 
Haley, Ray, Bodger, and Bert. She always wanted to hear something funny so she could laugh, remembered Haley. Laura was also known to help his young co-star with her homework on the set, still in his calorie lion costume, no less. But sometimes when the veterinary trio got together, Garland found herself as the odd one out. Literally, when filming the We're Off to See the Wizard sequence in the first few takes as the four skipped down the Elbrook Road, they shut me out, she revealed on the Jack Peppery program in 1962. I'd be in the back of them dancing, she added. Dressing rightly to the audience's amusement, I wasn't good enough, you know, to say, wait a minute now. And so the director, Victor, who was a darling man, he was always up on a broom, would say, hold it, you three dirty hams, let that little girl in there. Which of the West became enemies? Despite Dorothy and the Wicked Witch of the West being enemies, Garland and Margie Hamlet weren't, and the young girl felt comfortable opening up to the older actress. During a private conversation that struck with Ham, was it Hamilton? She hinted at the high cost of fame as a child. Okay, Garland is one of the 12 people to ever receive the Academy Juvenile Award half the size of a standard Oscar trophy. Her little dog, too. The chemistry between Judy Garland and Toto was the real deal. It didn't require much action for Judy Garland and the dog who played Toto to bond just like their characters. Two weeks before the start of the production, the actress was allowed to take home Terry. Yes, Toto was actually a female, so she would get used to me. Garland explained in a 1939 interview to promote Oz, in which she referred to the chair of terror as a male to keep the secret from moviegoers. He slept in a little box in my bedroom. I fed him every day. After a few days, he followed me everywhere, just as if we were his mistress. He's so cute. On the set, it was just the same. According to a November 1938 gossip story on the film, Toto was seen by a source fluffing, refusing to allow Judy Garland to go to lunch. Aww. He just loved her. To go to lunch without him. But at the end of the production, the co-star were so tightly bonded she asked to adopt the clever little dog but her trainer declined as Terry was now a bondified animal star. Over the following six years Terry whose professional name was eventually changed the Toto appeared in a number of films including The Women Tilto Flat and the adventures of Rusty before crossing the Rainbow Bridge in 1945 at the age of 11. That's a typical age for dogs to pass on. Actor, I think Judy was asking me about my little boy. I don't remember her exact words, of course, but in general, she said something about never doing 
many of the things that most little girls do. And I asked her what she meant, and she said, When I was little, I never had a birthday party, never really had a best friend, never belonged to a girls club. Indeed, Garland, previous two birthdays, when she turned 15 and 16, were over the top public stunts. Orchard by MGM. In photos, she's surrounded by a dozen of studio constructly obligated young actresses like Dana, Deanna Durburn, and Jackie Cooper as she blowed out the candles on Orchard Cake. In another segment moment, she received a kiss from Mickey Rooney. I find that interesting because when I was watching um, the movie based on the actress, Shirley Temple, her team did the same thing to her where they didn't have a real birthday party, which I find a little interesting that that is actually a thing that happened back then. I just noticed that a lot of the time they actually did that in like these areas for people which is kind of interesting and a little weird to me. Okay, uh, let's continue. Um, it was a similar spectacle during the making of The Wizard of Oz when MGM officially announced that Garland had been evaluated at the studio to star status to celebrate she was presented with her very first her very own dressing room in a ribbon cutting ceremony on the set of the film attended by the cast their stunt doubles and the munchkins wait what is going on is there supposed to be okay Attended by the cast, their stunt doubles, and the munchkins. We all applaud, and then we were all wild to walk into the dressing room and look around. And then we were dismissed for lunch. Betty Duncan Hamilton, stand in, recalled in the making of the Ah uh, Wizard of Oz, Garland returned earlier than anyone else and headed to her brand new dressing room to prepare for her next scene, but it was locked. Duncan explained, she stood in the middle of the stage and I could see tears coming in her eyes. I had never spoken to her directly before, but I asked her what was the matter and she said, I'm locked out of my dressing room. I said, you mean you don't have the key? She said, no. And I said, who has it? And she said, I don't know. And I remember feeling sick that they hadn't entrusted the girl with the key to her first great present. When The Wizard of Oz debuted in theaters in 1939, Garland's performance silenced any critics who had scuffed at her casting as Dorothy over a box office darling like Shirley Temple. Following the film's reveal, rev release, it's 
Darts received a special Academy Award for Outstanding Performance of a Juvenile Actress, presented by her Babes in Arms co-star Mickey Rooney. Mickey and the statue looked like they were swimming. Because of the tears in my eyes, I remember Garland as she stood there before the applauding audience clutching the statue. Rooney told her, I hope you win many more of them, honey. Shockingly, it would be the only Oscar she ever won, although she was nominated twice more for A Star is Born and Judgment at Nuremberg in 1962. In the years following the Wizard of Oz, Garland did her best to sheet the girl next door image MGM had created at the start of her career. Babe in Arms was such a box office success, MGM made a sequel, Babes on Broadway, in 1947. The Zigville Girl, A Star is Born. Okay. We were wild over Lizzie from the first moment we laid eyes on her. Gush Garland, her here with Vincent mentally and their daughter both personally and professionally musically naturally were her bread and butter and allowed garland to show off her unparalleled pipes while also attempting to convince everyone there was more to her than dorothy in 1941's the zilfil girl she played a talented team performing in a voucher a v-a-u-d-e village act with her father until she discovered by Miss by Florence Zigfield and became one of his famed follies although far less glitchy than the two played by Haiti Haiti and Luna could the mature character change the public perception of Garland motion pictures magazine it looks it took me six years to convince even movie people that I wasn't primarily 12 years old wearing my hair in pigtails, Judy Garland in 1951. Mused on the possibility as the 19 year old was set to marry newly divorced musician David Ross. The trouble is people still think of Judy as a little girl in a and form and pigtails singing over the rainbow, they couldn't realize that she's a big girl now, though there's a chance they can after they see her last picture. In case audiences need any more proof, in 1942 she landed her first adult role as a small town girl with Broadway ambitions and presenting Leah Mars, which introduced Garland as a glamorous goddess with lightened hair and dressed in high fashion. Liz Mano joined her mother for a debut on the Judy Garland show in 1963. She went even blonder and yet remained wholesome in 1944's Meet Me in St. Louis directed by Vince Minnelli, who went on to become her second husband. Garland and Ross split long before their second anniversary and the father of her daughter, Liz. 
The film featured two classic songs, the trolley song and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Oh, yeah, I know that song. Everyone does. The next year, in the comedy Zigfield Floors, she played a showgirl who longed to be both sexy and an Oscar winner with intelligence hilarious results. No amount of success, however, could help her truly escape Dorothy. For the remainder of Garland's career, fans and critics seemed unable to move past her most famous character, and she continued to perform over the rainbow until her final breath. All the same, the character was like a dear old friend who helped her get through the tough times. I wanted to stay like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. Life wasn't as complicated then, Garland said in 1944, but I have a feeling that if I just looked backwards once in a while at Dorothy, if I'm offbeat in any light, I'll get back on the soundtrack again. Dorothy and I thought a lot alike when I made The Wizard of Oz. I like to think we still do. 25 years later, that connection was just as strong. Garo revealed in her final interview in March 1969, I have always taken The Wizard of Oz seriously. You know, I believe in the idea of the rainbow and I've spent my entire life trying to get over it. Auntie M's tragic fate. The actress died seven years before Garland. Of Clara Blanket estimated 200 roles playing Dorothy Annie M was her most famous she was so proud of her Hollywood career, it's what brought her comfort in her late years as she suffered from severe arthritis on April 15, 1962. The 85-year-old returned from church, rearranged her home decor so her favorite film memorabilia was promoted, laid out press clippings about her career, wrapping herself in a gold blanket and took an overdose of sleeping pills. I am now about to make the great adventure, Blankwood wrote in her suicide note. I cannot ensure this pain any longer. It is all over my body. Neither can I face the impaling blindness. I pray the Lord my soul to take amen and a nod to the Oz. Her ashes are interred just yards from those of Charlie's grandparents who played Uncle Henry at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Los Angeles. Now, this is going to sound a little bit morbid. I think I understand where she was coming from. Uh, I have chronic illness. It is painful. It is like torture. And a lot of people with chronic illnesses tend to want to do that. I don't, but I know a lot of people who are like, it's too painful, I can't do it, it's causing other medical issues, and it's causing problems, and I hope we are going to pause for a little ad break. Okay, 
let's continue. Box about Wizard of Oz. If I can find the page we are on. Here we go. I have found the page. Okay. Thank you very much. And I walked out. For three days, Judy worried she had not impressed them until the phone rang with the good news. She was officially an MGM contract actor. Of course, I went around in a daze thinking, what will my first day be like? Will I play love scenes with Clark Gable? Who will I meet? Will everyone realize I'm a movie star? Where will I go first? Much to her disappointment, her first stop was the studio onset school. That day, one of her classmates and feature co-star in Love Finds, Andy Hardy, and nine other films, Ricky Rooney took Judy on a tour, and she bumped into many of the Hollywood stars she idolized. We saw Maria Lowe, Jane Crawford, Bob Young, and Clark Gable. Mickey practically had to support my trotting footsteps after I saw Mr. Gable, she recalled. It was actually Gable who ended up giving Judy her big break at MGM for his 36th birthday in 1937. She... surrounded him with a performance of You Made Me Love You. That was so moving he cried, or at least that's the story she repeated. He came up to me and put his arms around me and he said, You are the sweetest little girl I have ever saw in my life. And then I cried and it was simply heavenly. It was this moment when MGM realized they had a rising star on their hands. What better vehicle to display her talent than the Wizard of Oz. In 1938, the 15-year-old was cast as Dorothy, a role that would allow her to woe the world with her vocal range. L. Frank Buent, booked, had been a favorite of Judy's and her memory of it reflected her life as a child actor. Playing Dorothy, she said, she later said, was a dream I dreamed ever since Daddy read the Oz story. Before they changed their stage name, the Gumi sisters from left Virginia, Frances and Suzanne were once billed as the Gloom sisters. Okay, to me backstage, when I was just the kid, what she stepped on the stage set that dream became a reality although not always the one she had expected publicly the actress gushed about the experience recalling how she had to pinch myself black and blue every day to make sure i was awake after rounds of rehearsals and costume tests and young actresses were ready to bring dorothy to life when the wizard of oz began filming on october 12th although her time in the hair and makeup chair was considerably shorter than that of her co-star who played screen 
Scarecrow, Tin Man, Cowardly Lion, and the Wicked Witch of the West. Garland's experience in the wardrobe department was just as stressful for the sensitivity team. Considered plump and frump compared to the other young talent at MGM. Like Luna Turner, it was clear to the ugly duckling that the studio only wanted her for her voice, not her beauty, to turn Garland into the star they deserved. She was to put on a strict diet. Her front teeth were chapped and rubberized, distinct, reshaped her nose. The hours on the set of The Wizard of Oz were long co compelled with her lesson at the studio school, but the actress rarely, if ever, showed signs of distress. Sweet and kind to all, she treated her co-stars equally, from the big-name actors down to the little people. Manager Paladrin, who played a munchkin, fondly recalled that for Christmas in 1938, Judy Garland gave all of us little ones a big box of candy. We sat on the yellow. My relationship with the studio for several years had been a little like that between a grown-up daughter and her parents. Maggie Rooney was Garland's frequent co-star and the two shared the screen ten times from 1937 to 1948. Double the Dorothy. Judy Garland wasn't the only actress who donned the grain hair dress. The role of Dorothy didn't require any wild stunts, but all the same, MGM wasn't taking any chances with its brightest young star. Body double Bobby Cushy was brought in to take Judy Garland's place in a few potential dangerous sequences, such as when Dorothy falls into the pig pen in Kansas, and later when a troop of flying monkeys carry her off to the Wicked Witch's castle. Kesher, who was uncredited, also portrayed Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz pivot scene when the, she opened the farmhouse door to reveal Munchkin Land in its technicolor glory, the scene was sh shot from behind, so the audience was none the wiser as Koash back out of the frame and Garland steps in. Although uncredited in Carrie Marsh doll, Garland stands standing. She's beloved by fans and has a operated at conventions and reunions over the decades, even savoring as the Grand Marshal of the 2011 Oz Dravaganza Parade as of 2022. Marshall 103 is one of the oldest living Oz actresses. Well, I would say... That's impressive that you're still alive in 2022 and 103. Dang. Brick Road and passed the box around. She also gave us autographed pictures. I still have mine. Garland also enjoyed the 
antics of comedic actor Haley Ray Bodger and Bert. She always wanted to hear something funny so she could laugh, remembered Haley. Laura was also known to help his young co-star with her homework on the set, still in his Cowardly Lion costume, no less. But sometimes when the veterinary trio got together, Garland found herself as the odd one out. Literally, when filming the We're Off to See the Wizard sequence in the first few takes as the four skipped down the Elbrook Road, they shut me out, she revealed on the Jack Peppery program in 1962. I'd be in the back of them dancing, she added. Dressing rightly to the audience's amusement, I wasn't good enough, you know, to say, wait a minute now. And so the director, Victor, who was a darling man, he was always up on a broom, would say, hold it, you three dirty hams, let that little girl in there. Which of the West became enemies. Despite Dorothy and the Wicked Witch of the West being enemies, Garland and Margie Hamlet weren't, and the young girl felt comfortable opening up to the older actress. During a private conversation that struck with Ham... Was it Hamilton? She hinted at the high cost of fame as a child. Okay. Garland is one of the 12 people to ever receive the Academy Juvenile Award half the size of a standard Oscar trophy. Her little dog, too. The chemistry between Judy Garland and Toto was the real deal. It didn't require much action for Judy Garland and the dog who played Toto to bond just like their characters. Two weeks before the start of the production, the actress was allowed to take home Terry. Yes, Toto was actually a female, so she would get used to me. Garland explained in a 1939 interview to promote Oz, in which she referred to the chair of terror as a male to keep the secret from moviegoers. He slept in a little box in my bedroom. I fed him every day. After a few days, he followed me everywhere, just as if we were his mistress. He's so cute. On the set, it was just the same, according to a November 1938 gossip story on the film. Toto was seen by a source fluffing, refusing to allow Judy Garland to go to lunch. Aww. He just loved her. To go to lunch without him. But the end of the production, the co-star were so tightly bonded she asked to adopt the clever little dog but her trainer declined as terry was now a bondofide animal star over the following six years terry whose professional name was eventually changed the toto appeared in a numbers of films including the women tilto flat and the adventures of Rusty before crossing the Rainbow Bridge in 1945 at the age of 11. That's a typical age for dogs to pass on. Actor, I think Judy was asking me about my little boy. I don't remember her exact words, of course, 
But in general, she said something about never doing many of the things that most little girls do. And I asked her what she meant. And she said, when I was little, I never had a birthday party. Never really had a best friend. Never belonged to a girls club. Indeed, Garland's previous two birthdays, when she turned 15 and 16, were over the top public stunts. Orchard by MGM. In photos, she's surrounded by a dozen of studio constructly obligated young actresses like Dana, Deanna, Durbin, and Jackie Cooper as she blowed out the candles on Orchard Cake. In another segment moment, she received a kiss from Mickey Rooney. I find that interesting because when I was watching um, the movie based on the actress Shirley Temple, her team did the same thing to her where they didn't have a real birthday party, which I find a little interesting that that is actually a thing that happened back then. Okie dokie, artichokey, it's time for an ad break slash sponsor. So I hope y'all listen and keep on tuning in because we will continue this conversation after our ad slash sponsor. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast today. And the sponsor and ad will be right back. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast please stay tuned because the ad is coming up soon and with the ad coming up soon i know y'all might want to skip it but you should at least try to listen to some of it maybe it's important i hope y'all tune back in for more of this podcast and i hope the ad and sponsor is a good one artichokey okay dokie artichokey ad break it's now I just noticed that a lot of the time they actually did that in, like, these areas for people, which is kind of interesting and a little weird to me. Okay, uh, let's continue. Um, It was a similar spectacle during the making of The Wizard of Oz when MGM officially announced that Garland had been evaluated at the studio to star status to celebrate she was presented with her very first her very own dressing room in a ribbon-cutting ceremony on the set of the film, attended by the cast, their stunt doubles, and the munchkins. Wait, what is going on? Is there supposed to be? Okay. Okie dokie, artichokey, it's time for an ad break class sponsor. So I hope y'all listen and keep on tuning in because we will continue this conversation after our ad slash sponsor. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast today and the sponsor and ad will be right back. I hope y'all enjoy this 
podcast, please stay tuned because the ad is coming up soon. And with the ad coming up soon, I know y'all might want to skip it, but you should at least try to listen to some of it. Maybe it's important. I hope y'all tune back in for more of this podcast. And I hope the ad and sponsor is a good one, Artichokey. Okay, dokie, artichokey. Ah, break it's now. Okay. Film attended by the cast, their stunt doubles and the munchkins. We all applaud and then we were all allowed to walk into the dressing room and look around. And then we were dismissed for lunch. Betty Duncan, Hamilton, stand in. Recalled in the making of the Ah uh, Wizard of Oz, Garland returned earlier than anyone else and headed to her brand new dressing room to prepare for her next scene, but it was locked. Duncan explained, she stood in the middle of the stage and I could see tears coming in her eyes. I had never spoken to her directly before, but I asked her what was the matter and she said, I'm locked out of my dressing room. I said, you mean you don't have the key? She said, no. And I said, who has it? And she said, I don't know. And I remember feeling sick that they hadn't entrusted the girl with the key to her first great present. When The Wizard of Oz debuted in theaters in 1939, Garland's performance silenced any critics who had scuffed at her casting as Dorothy over a box office darling like Shirley Temple. Following the film's reveal, release, it starts received a special Academy Award for Outstanding Performance of a Juvenile Actress Presented by her Babes in Arms co-star Mickey Rooney, Mickey and the statue looked like they were swimming. Because of the tears in my eyes, I remember Garland as she stood there before the applauding audience clutching the statue. Rooney told her, I hope you win many more of them, honey. Shockingly, it would be the only Oscar she ever won. Although she was nominated twice more for A Star is Born and Judgment at Nuremberg in 1962. In the years following the Wizard of Oz, Gardland did her best to sheet the girl next door image MGM had created at the start of her career. Babe in Arms was such a box office success, MGM made a sequel, Babes on Broadway, in 1947. The Zigville Girl, A Star is Born. Okay. We were wild over Lizzie from the first moment we laid eyes on her. Gush Garland, her here with Vincent Minnelli and their daughter. Both personally and professionally, musically, naturally, were her bread and butter and allowed Garland to show off her unparalleled pipes while also attempting to convince everyone there was more to her than Dorothy. In 1941's The Zilfil Girl, she played a talented team performing in a 
a V-A-U-G-E village act with her father until she discovered by Miss by Florence Zigfield and became one of his famed follies, although far less glitchy than the two played by Haiti and Luna. Could the mature character change the public perception of Garland? Motion Pictures Magazine, it looks... It took me six years to convince even movie people that I wasn't primarily 12 years old wearing my hair in pigtails due to Garland in 1951. Mused on the possibility as the 19-year-old was set to marry newly divorced musician David Ross. The trouble is, people still think of Judy as a little girl in a hand form and pigtails singing over the rainbow. They couldn't realize that she's a big girl now, though there's a chance they can after they see her last picture. In case audiences need any more proof, in 1942 she landed her first adult role as a small-town girl with Broadway ambitions and presenting Leah Mars, which introduced Garland as a glamorous goddess with lightened hair and dressed in high fashion. Liz Mano joined her mother for a debut on The Judy Garland Show in 1963. She went even blonder and yet remain wholesome in 1944's Meet Me in St. Louis directed by Vince Minnelli, who went on to become her second husband. Garland and Ross split long before their second anniversary and the father of her daughter, Liz. The film featured two classic songs, the trolley song and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Oh, yeah, I know that song. Everyone does. The next year, in the comedy Zigfield Floors, she played a showgirl who longed to be both sexy and an Oscar winner with intelligence hilarious results. No amount of success, however, could help her truly escape Dorothy. For the remainder of Garland's career, fans and critics seemed unable to move past her most famous character, and she continued to perform over the rainbow until her final breath. All the same, the character was like a dear old friend who helped her get through the tough times. I wanted to stay like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. Life wasn't as complicated then, Garland said in 1944, but I have a feeling that if I just looked backwards once in a while at Dorothy, if I'm offbeat in any light, I'll get back on the soundtrack again. Dorothy and I thought a lot alike when I made The Wizard of Oz. I like to think we still do. 25 years later, that connection was just as strong. Gar revealed in her finer interview in March 1969, I have always taken The Wizard of Oz seriously. You know, I believe in the idea of the rainbow and I've spent my entire life trying to get over it. Auntie M's tragic fate. The actress died seven years before Garland. Of Clara Blanket 
estimated 200 roles playing Dorothy Annie M was her most famous. She was so proud of her Hollywood career, it's what brought her comfort in her late years as she suffered from severe arthritis on April 15, 1962. The 85-year-old returned from church, rearranged her home decor so her favorite film memorabilia was promoted, laid out press clippings about her career, wrapping herself in a gold blanket and took an overdose of sleeping pills. I am now about to make the great adventure, Blankwood wrote in her suicide note. I cannot ensure this pain any longer. It is all over my body. Neither can I face the impaling blindness. I pray the Lord my soul to take amen and a nod to the Oz. Her ashes are interred just yards from those of Charlie's grandparents who played Uncle Henry at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Los Angeles. Now, this is going to sound a little bit morbid. I think I understand where she was coming from. Uh, I have chronic illness. It is painful. It is like torture. And a lot of people with chronic illnesses tend to want to do that. I don't, but I know a lot of people who are like, it's too painful. I can't do it. It's causing other medical issues and it's causing problems. And I hope we are going to pause for a little ad break. Okie dokie, artichoke, it's time for an ad break slash sponsor. So I hope y'all listen and keep on tuning in because we will continue this conversation after our ad slash sponsor. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast today. And the sponsor and ad will be right back. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast. Please stay tuned because the ad is coming up soon. And with the ad coming up soon, I know y'all might want to skip it, but you should at least try to listen to some of it. Maybe it's important. I hope y'all tune back in for more of this podcast. And I hope the ad and sponsor is a good one, Artichokey. Okay, dokie, Artichokey. Ad break is now. I hope y'all like. You can check me out on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. I also have another podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. Bye for now. Over and out.